Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, and welcome to the PJ Podcast. I hope you're having a great day or night, morning, wherever and whenever you're listening to this. I hope it's a good one. I am very excited for my guest this week. I know I always say that, but I have been meaning to get this girl on the show for a very long time. And can I say, my timing is immaculate because we actually recorded this last week. But since recording, she has gone on to one, to one, to win New Zealand TV Personality of the Year at the TV Awards at the end of last week. Brie Thomasell is my guest, of course, for her incredibly hard work on Celebrity Treasure Island, uh, where she hosted the show with Matt Chisholm. She is also the drive host um, on ZM with Brie and Clint. And Brie and I have many things to chat about Um We've got a lot in common when it comes to our careers and stuff like that, um, including radio, moving countries. And we talk about a really traumatic event she endured when she was really young, which she thinks has led to having anxiety later in life. Uh, I never knew this story until recently. It's full on. So we'll chat with her about that, plus many other trivial, frivolous things, including who we'd hook up with in the industry. There's a hook for you. I hope you enjoy my chat this week with Brie. Hello, yeah. how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? <laughs> good. I say, are you sitting on the floor? Yeah, I'm sitting on a beanbag. I'm, uh, I'm super millennial still. <laughs> You're just getting in the zone. You just want to be like comfortable, relaxed for the chat. Yeah, this go. is my gaming beanbag, PJ. <laughs> how is life? I'm- we haven't like had a big catch up in ages. I know. Um, God, I fe- it feels like forever since mm. you and I. Well, you and I have actually never done this. No, we we haven't. It's really weird. And I was going to reach out like ages ago. And then I was really worried that it was just becoming all this like radio chat. And I was talking all about my job and stuff. And I was like, people are sick of it. Like, I need to give people a break from radio. And then I chatted to you the other day. And I was like, fuck, I need to get you on the show. Yeah, well, so I kind of pounded you and, and forced you <laughs> to have me on the show. So that's what really happened. Let's not lie about it. <laughs> that's not what happened. Let's go back to the last time we um, properly hung out. I think it was in Melbourne. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe it was in Auckland. No, it was in Auckland. Oh, that's right. And remember, we, were, we went live on Instagram in the cab on the way to Ponsonby Road. Okay, we... <laughs> 
have a really bad habit of every time we hang out, we go live. Yeah. It's like, well, we I think we're hilarious and we're like these stand-up comedians that everyone needs to hear from. We just it's so bad, shit. isn't it? <laughs> and that's why you and I haven't hung out um, again, like recently, because legally um, mm. it is not good it's for embarrassing. Either, of, either of us. Yeah. <laughs> so how has 22 been for you? 2022, has it been a good year? Bad year? Yeah, it's been ups and downs. It's been ups and downs. To be honest with you, PJ, I'd feel like I'm never on top of things. Like I just feel <laughs> overwhelmed and constantly like chasing my tail. We filmed a uh, season season three of Celebrity Treasure Island in February, March. Mm-hmm. And then we also filmed another season of Treasure Island Fans versus Faves um in October. So I've filmed two seasons of that. <laughs> done my other job and everything else in between, I feel like my life is just chaotic, which I feel like yours would be a bit the same. Mm, I, I've got like the exact same problem lately and it's like you're never content because you're always like chasing your tail and you feel like you've got to be doing something or you've got to be ticking something off a list and then you actually miss the really cool stuff that you're doing. Like look at you, you've just filmed Two amazing TV shows in another country where you're not even from. <laughs> oh my God, here's the home phone. Fucking hell. <laughs> anyway. I'm so obsessed that you have a home phone. <laughs> no, it's not cool. It's no, I love it. It me out, Brie, like in terms of just feeling overwhelmed. Add a home phone to your life where your partner knows like everyone and you just get stressed out and the phone rings and you want to just curl up in a ball. Why do you think it is that you feel more obligation to answer the home phone than you do like your mobile phone? I don't know. Is it like an old school thing? I think it's because you don't know who's calling, whereas like <laughs> your your mobile phone, you, you can, can tell just... who's calling and like, oh, I know what they're calling about. I'll, I'll text them. Whereas this, you could be like, uh, I don't know, about to win a million dollars and you don't know. And then you're like, well, maybe I'll pick it up. And we I always... Yeah, I always get those phone calls when I, where I win a million dollars. Like, I don't know. Constantly. It's stressful, but anyway. Um, it is Home stressful. phone chat aside, as we were saying, yeah, you've like literally filmed like two epic TV shows doing an incredible job on the radio, yet you feel probably like you're not doing enough or you're like, what's next? Or you're- I just feel like, you know, it's one of those things, and I don't know if you feel like this, where... I love to be busy. Like I, I am very grateful that I get to do what I do or like have work, but it's also like, it's hard to be in the moment and enjoy things as well. I think that's what I've been struggling with over the last couple of years. And I feel like a lot of people could probably feel like this. I always look at people who are living in the present and just enjoying the moments in the moment. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't, ah. Uh. But I feel like for you, like having a baby would definitely kind of, it, it's the same, but you'd also have these amazing moments, especially your first baby where yeah. you're kind of like, forced to do those things yes yes a hundred percent like I I thought that this whole process might like slow me down a bit but your brain is just running at a million times an hour and you have to like constantly think ahead and like but then I'm like no this is only going to happen once this is you know my first baby I just want to enjoy it so you have to pinch yourself how do you find there are techniques that work to get you out of your head 
No, I am still. I said, no, there's not. It's a still work in progress. At least I'm aware of it now. Like yeah, I yeah, yeah. didn't even used to be aware of it, but it's like definitely a work in progress. I'm actually going through some steps at the moment where I've talked to my GP and I'm probably going to go see someone because there's um, probably for about 18 months or to two years, I've kind of wanted to see if I could talk to someone about maybe getting diagnosed with ADHD. Wow. Um, yeah, which I don't, I mean, I don't know if I have it, mm. but it's been a process over the last 18 months or two years where I've done a lot of research and I've done a lot of reading and my personality and me <laughs> as a person, I kind of fit the bill with a lot of different things that play into that. Yeah. And it's something that I think is really difficult, especially for females, because it manifests quite differently from what I've read. And that's why a lot of females get diagnosed way later on in life. I was reading the other day about a woman who was like in her 40s and she was like, I only just got diagnosed and so much stuff makes sense now as to why it was just always a little bit off. Because how does it manifest traditionally like for women? I mean, obviously not like a, a medical professional, but. Oh, I mean, I'm literally the person that probably knows the least. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like, you know, when you think of ADHD, I think of hyperactivity. the crazy yeah. hyperactivity mm. kid that can't sit down and is constantly moving and, and, you know, crazy. But for females, and I mean, every person is different from what, what I've read, but you do have moments like that like a lot of the time, but your brain just works in a different way and you struggle with certain things. And I feel like I'm literally a lot of the things that they talk about. I'm like, that's me. That's me. That's me. So So, so what, what process do you have to go through to actually get diagnosed? Do you just have to go to your doctor? This is all really new for me. So like real fresh, I went to see my GP Mm. and just talked to her, had a conversation about it. And she was kind of like, yeah, you can go, it's quite expensive from what I've heard in New Zealand to get diagnosed oh, or really? to go through that process. Yeah. Because there's quite a bit of testing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure. Like I'm just at the start of my journey, yeah. but <laughs> sorry, I'm places... asking you about all these questions. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can ask me as many questions as you want. Yeah. So where I'm at in my process now is to book in with um, psychiatrists or psychologists that are mm. specialized in diagnosing ADHD or talking to people like and giving them the tools that they need to kind of navigate through life so I'm just in the process of booking in hopefully but I'm pretty sure there's quite a long wait list I'm just I mean another problem that this country has at the moment (laughs) oh my god Um, so many wait lists so many wait lists so that's kind of I'm really early on but good on you for like even looking into it because that can be something that you can push down and push down and push down oh mate that's me to a T. I'm like, oh, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. Because you, it was around lockdown time that you sort of opened up about the mental health challenges that you're going through the DNA. And was that the first time you'd really opened up on air regarding that kind of stuff? Yeah, totally. I think to that extent, yeah. I talked like really kind of briefly about bits and pieces, but that was the first time where I've real really put my hand up and been like, I'm not okay at the moment. Like I'm really struggling. Yeah. But anxiety is something that I've had for a long, long time, which can also play in people with ADHD. Funny that. They're um, all they're all tied in some ways, aren't they? They're all tied mm. together. But it's a I mean, it's such a journey. And I feel like 
I definitely don't have the answers, but it's a process and I feel like things change and move around and you kind of have to figure out what works for you and I'm still doing that, you know, and it's a constant journey that you have to be on top of and sometimes I'm just not on top of it. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so true though and like, yeah, yeah, you'll have like a really good patch and then you're like, I'm through it, I'm good, I'm I'm all sweet and then, you know, life throws you something else and then there's just – it's just the ebbs and flows that you kind of have to learn to ride. Speaking yeah. about um, your anxiety that you've had for a long time, I didn't realise this until I was doing a bit of research pre this chat. You actually had a real traumatic event when you were 10 years old, which actually provoked or like actually started this anxiety. Yeah. I. Um, so when I was 10, me, my mum and my nan were held up in a home siege where two men um, pretty much held us hostage inside the home. It's insane. It's crazy, especially considering where I come from. Like I had the most innocent childhood in the world. I grew up in the country on an apple farm. Yeah. And we were at my nan's house, which was in the township of Stanthorpe, where I'm from. And at the time, like, you know when people say, oh, you, I was scared stiff? Yeah. Like I actually know what that that feels like and I still can remember like exactly what I was looking at, where I was sitting, and I just remember tears coming out of my eyes but just not being able to move at all. Like it was just the most scary and traumatic event where I honestly felt like I was going to die. And as a 10-year-old, like you don't think about that stuff when you're 10. Like most normal 10-year-olds don't. Um, And I think I suffered – quite bad post-traumatic stress um, after that. As you would. Yeah, like pretty pretty crazy thing to go through. And I just – I think that's probably why my mum and I have such a close relationship. It's something that we went through together. And one of the main things I remember from that whole thing was at one point one of the guys said, let's take the the girl with us, let's take her. Oh, I just got shivers. And I just remember my mum really calmly looking at this guy and saying, I will go with you. Don't take her. I will go and do whatever you want. And just realising that my mum was willing to give her own life because she didn't know what was going to happen, you know. And I just remember I I will never forget that and I think that's something that has made my mum and I have this special connection where – I could see that she would give literally anything yeah. for me, you know. Whoa, that's heavy. Did anyone get hurt in the end? Like what was sort of the outcome of the situation? Yeah, so it was, it was um, to be honest, a pretty good outcome considering yeah. like yeah. what could have happened. Um, but they were caught the next day by the oh police um, and they got sent to prison for a long time because it wasn't the, f- the first place that they'd done it to. But yeah, so what about was, your nan? Oh, my nan's incredible. Um, R.I.P. Nan. Um, she was super calm as well, and just kind of, yeah, just incredible women like yeah. my mum and her mum. Just amazing in that situation. I just remember them being quite calm and just literally making sure that I was as okay as I could be as possible. You know. Mm. Pretty full-on thing to, to go through um, as a 10-year-old. Yeah, and like, as you said, you would have PTSD from that. Did you talk to many people after the actual event? Like, did you ever go and see anyone professionally? Yes. So I remember I had to go to a kid's psychologist for court reasons and yeah. they wanted to see if there was any 
lasting effects on me from that event, which would play into how long the sentence would be, like, you know, if they would get longer in jail for that. Um, And they deemed that there was, so they deemed that I did have post-traumatic stress. Um, But it was, I think back in those days, PJ, like, we were in a very small country town. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Very different. Yeah, very different. But I do remember my mum took me to see someone and I think I went maybe four or five times. But as a 10-year-old, I think after the fifth time, my mum tells this story all the time and she thinks it's quite funny. I get in the car after this session, after like the fifth time, and I say to her, Mum, I'm over talking about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And she goes, okay. Fair enough, man. Oh, my God. That is so intense, Bray. It's pretty, pretty intense, it's yeah. Pretty but cool. you know, it's um could have been so much worse. I remember Shit, my yeah. brother was in the backyard. He was playing in the backyard, and I could see him from the window, uh. and they didn't notice that he was there. And you know, there's all these other what scenarios ifs? that could have happened. What ifs? But you can't think about that. Yeah. You just got to focus on that. It was the best outcome in that situation that could have been, and everyone was okay. So, you wow. know, so just one of those things. Moving on after that. At what point or what age did you realise that you really wanted to be on radio or in media? I I felt like in my life it was always – I just was always the class clown. I just always <laughs> loved to make people laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I was ever smart enough to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> There's something so daunting about being a stand-up oh, comedian. You can actually terrifying. see people's reactions. How horrible. On the radio you just get to talk into yeah. a mic and just assume that you're funny. Yeah, you're like, people think I'm hilarious. (laughs) I I just know it until someone yells something at you on the street. But I think it was always like a pipe dream and it was always something like, oh, that'd be such a cool job. Like I feel like I could do that job. And it wasn't until my last year at uni where I was studying uh, journalism and PR and there was a thing you could do where if you did an internship somewhere, it counted towards some units of your uni degree. Yeah. And this mentor of mine said to me, he's like, what's your dream job? What do you really want to do? And I, I think I said something boring, like, oh, I work at a PR firm or some shit. <laughs> and he goes, knowing you, that's not actually what you want. <laughs> what do you actually want to do? It's just you and I here. And I said, oh, I'd love to work in radio. And he was the one who got me a few contacts and I had to chase people um, down. I got an internship at uh, Nova 106.9 in Brisbane. And I just never left. I just never wanted to leave. <laughs> and I did every, yeah, every job under the sun where I was like, I'm not leaving this place. I, lo- I just loved it instantly Yeah, and couldn't get enough. Um, and I think that's where it really started. I'd be really, I want to know, like, what was it like for you? Because you, you went to broadcasting school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did two years in Christchurch and then we had to do an internship to sort of complete the degree. <clears throat> and so I ended up being a Black Thunder driver in so did Auckland. I. So did <laughs> Although I. everyone gives me shit because apparently I was only a Black Thunder driver for two weeks and then I ended up going on air because I was like, Whoa. no, but I, but I was like one of the only ones that was like, I want to be on air. I think people were too scared to say they wanted to actually be on air. They felt like yeah. a bit, 
but I was just like, hi, I'd be really keen. Like, I could just read like entertainment news or something, even though I knew nothing about gossip. I freaking hated it. But I just was like, <laughs> yeah, I can do it. I can do it. And You're then- like, I freaking hate <laughs> being a Thunder driver. I think I'd be fantastic <laughs> on air. So, yeah, yeah, kind of similar probably. Um, and then, yeah. And then I just ended up doing the same as you, like working heaps of weekend shifts and just – you name it, I would do it and I loved it. And then I got to do the night show and then day show and then kind of just went all over the show, really. <laughs> you did all the shows. All the shows. You did all the shows. And then you met Jace, your work <laughs> husband. Yes, but this is not about me. I want to talk to you quickly. No, I want to talk not, about you because no, I have all these questions for you. <laughs> okay, well, I'll go first, then you go. But okay. I want to know when you were sort of starting out, did you find it really hard to be – yourself did you find that you had to kind of play out this cool persona yeah I it's such a hard thing where you're like the job is be yourself and be yourself as much as you can you're like okay well I didn't realize that'd be so hard to just be myself you think I'd be an expert on that mate Um, the number of times that I used to record a break because we'd do like voice tracking where you pre-record it um, is this for what show was this for? Oh, this days, was, nights? Yeah, weekend chefs or day chefs. And yeah. I'd just do it over and over because I just thought I sounded stupid, so I'd do it again. And I'd try to literally make it word perfect. And, you know, like that was this kind of image that I was trying to um, live up to. Because I guess, yeah, well, ZM was like this cool brand. And, like, I didn't really know anyone that was kind of like – super freaking goofy and like literally fucking up so I thought that I had to and then it wasn't till I worked with Jace I reckon that he kind of gave me that permission that you don't have to be word perfect and then I was like wow this is was amazing. that when you realized because I'm so interested in that was that when mm. you realized for you that like when did the penny drop where you were like okay the more I am just myself mm. the more connection I will have with people because yeah, that's kind of like it was definitely with Jace Definitely yeah. with Jace, even though it was quite like uncomfortable and I really went out of my comfort zone at that beginning part. Can you remember like a specific moment where you were like, oh my God, I feel so uncomfortable and it was like. <laughs> when I, um, oh my God, I think Jace made my boyfriend at the time uh-huh. do a portrait, like a nude portrait at home or something. And we'd like literally <laughs> just started working together. I think. Did I have to draw it? I think I had to draw a nude picture of him. And I was of like, your oh boyfriend. my God, this is too much. Like, we've just started working together. That was um, that was one of many, many things. And um, that was just the beginning of the Jason PJ Madness. And, like, I think initially. <laughs> There's so like, many of those moments that are. And they, you know what? They're the ones that I remember too, and the ones yeah, that I. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, but, what am I doing? And I think initially, because we were so different, like, I was so green and he was so. Um, seasoned. Yeah, yeah, seasoned. And he would really push the boundaries, and I'd be like, oh. So it was kind of a bit of a weird seesaw at the beginning. And I think it took a while for us to really. Mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I think once we met in the middle, then we really got going. But initially it was kind of like, oh, what is this weird dance? There's this young girl, she's out of like out of her comfort zone. And but anyway, yeah. And then and then we'd have to have like a lot of chats. I'd always have to be like, hey, I just felt a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe like we could do this. <laughs> like I'd really have to be like, maybe maybe before we could do this. And then, you know, the more convos we had, the more you'd 
establish your boundaries and you're like, okay, well, we don't go there now. Absolutely. And then, and then you'd feel safe. And then once you feel safe, you feel you can be completely vulnerable and then you can just let go and and be you. Absolutely, because I think if you don't feel safe yeah. and like the other person It's going to take the puss out of you. Exactly. Then you're like, well, I, I don't feel like I can be vulnerable. I don't yeah. feel like I can, you know, go to those spaces that are outside my comfort zone. Yeah. What do you think for you, like in your <laughs> Stop career? Stop it, you're doing <laughs> You're doing it again. No, I have other questions. Okay, what fine. do you think? For people want to hear this. It's your bloody podcast. They're not listening for me. Well, they are. They are this week, actually. What do you think for you is like the most vulnerable you have been in your career? Like is there a particular moment that you can remember? Or because, I mean, I'm so interested in that. I'd oh love God. to know. Shit. Um, there would be, there would be so many, Brie, like I, I, they kind of all blend into one now, but I guess, but there would have been moments. Cause there'd be funny ones, I mean, but there'd be also be serious ones as well. Oh my God. I mean, like always the relationship stuff initially was pretty, ooh, I don't know you know, there this. was, there was some really real stuff. Like, you know, when I was starting to see BJ and. All of a sudden he gets whisked away and like sat down that with interview? like a 60 minute oh interview. God. Um, so that was, but that wasn't on me, I guess. Um, for me, oh man, I don't know, Brie, I think just anything really honest that I opened up about, you know, anything that I was going through in my life, like when my dad passed away, that was, that was pretty hard to obviously go through on air, let alone then talking about on air. Just in your personal life and then trying to navigate what that's like for being on air, I can't even imagine. But as you know, like when you do open up about these incredibly raw things, it's almost like therapy talking about it on radio because it validates it and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm really not alone. And you fit, that's exact. I was just about to say, and when you feel like you're not alone, it, it's almost like a oh, relief. Yeah, a weight off like, your shoulders. Yeah, totally, um, which I think in turn helps other people <laughs> as well, which is a really nice kind of circle, you know. Honestly, like even just from day-to-day events when you'd be – when something shit would happen or something really awkward would happen, no matter how crap it was, there'd be a silver lining because you could make content out of it. <laughs> You're like, and oh, then, that could be content. <laughs> yeah, but then you can make a joke out of it and it all of a sudden just kind of trivialises these situations that seem so big at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes, it turns it into a positive yeah, more yeah, so yeah. than like, it's you like, know, oh, big negative. It's just life. It's just, this yeah, shit happens, like, man. Oh, it's not that it's bad. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, I, lo- I love I love just hearing how similar, especially <laughs> like people, us radio people are weird, man. Oh, like it's we're, incestuous. We're so weird. I'm such a big radio nerd and I feel like you're a big radio nerd too. Yeah, well, I've had like a bit of a radio hiatus and it's funny you start to miss like? it. Um, What's it been like? Yeah, it's been good. It's definitely been good. But my gosh, like you definitely find that little ego voice coming in. Yeah. Going, ooh, ooh, I should be doing that. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I miss doing that. And like you really probably look through rose-tinted glasses a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You forget, I don't know, the reasons why you were ready to step out. At the time you did, like I often find, I just look through those. You're like, and you don't remember any no, of the, you never remember no. any of the bad stuff. It's the same with relationships. You're like, oh, yes. remember when 
I mean, they were so nice and they were hot and they did that and they did that. You don't remember all the shit stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, radio is a weird beast and it's it does fully consume you, doesn't it? Like, oh, I'm it, sure you find that. Oh, 100%. And I kind of hate that old sensibility where people are like, oh, it's an easy job and it's so simple and we work for mm. only four hours a day mm. or whatever. Nah. It's really not. You don't like, turn off. You don't turn off. Like it's not like you go home and you stop thinking about content mm. or like how you're going to put together a four-hour show the next day. Or It's a constant thing, which I love, but it's also like is mentally draining. And then there's the other side of having to be on on air and like Mm -hmm. say you are going through what you've been through over the last couple of years and you've been away from home and you've just you know that's bloody hard and you have to put on this that is the only time where I don't like this job PJ Mm. I don't know about you but when you're really having a shit day Mm. like and you're going through something really hard it is so hard to (laughs) because you can't just be like hey guys you're on ZM I've had a shit day because who wants to hear that? Who wants to hear that? It's just you crying down the microphone <laughs> for four hours. But, I mean, it's it's a double-edged sword, I think, because it also is one of those things that gives you – what's that thing where Bell- you do um, something? Serotonin. Serotonin. Yep. It's also a double-edged sword because it gives you serotonin mm. for one because you're having yes. fun and you're talking about stuff that's not really, like, if, to do with you. But then you're – also having to use all the little energy that you have if you're having like a really tough time. I do remember when we were in the depths of COVID and it was very dark, we kind of just ended up being like, okay, the show's an escape now. Like, you know, life is so heavy all around. And we'll be like, okay, let's just have fun. Like next few hours, boom, let's just make this the playhouse. Such a blessing to be able to go into the yeah. studio and do a show um, and not think about what was going on in the world for however long. God, it was nice. I just wanted to do the most silly, most like simple, brainless things, you know. Just You're like, to- I'm going to slap my ass with things. You have to <laughs> yeah. tell me, you have to guess what I'm slapping my ass with. We actually did that for us. No, you, f- oh, no, you fucking didn't. <laughs> did you actually not do that? God. Huh? No, no, no. I think when Jason first started working together, it was called Smack That or like Slap That or something. And Did you actually? And it was like <laughs> something. Oh, did you have to guess what body part was slapped or something? Oh <laughs> my God, amazing. <laughs> you know, one of, the, you know what? So I'll, I'll share something to make you feel better. <laughs> you know, an idea that I had a few years ago that never made it to air, <laughs> but essentially. We, I would put something on the seat and then we would make people sit on the thing and you had to, you were blindfolded and then you had to be able to tell us what it was by just touching it with your ass. Oh my God. And it never got to air? It never made it to air. Weird, eh? Okay. What an idea. I can one up that. Go on. And this did go to air. What was it? And it was live streamed. I sat on a cake with my bare ass. I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like? Was it like, did you find a new king? No. That was another weird one. I was like down the track. Like I was like, that was why did you kind do that? Of strange. What was what was that? I around? can't remember if there was a story about some kind of phenomenon overseas or whatever random excuse it was to do it. I can't remember, but we did it. 
and um Amazing. like literal like the the shot was like a bird's eye view and you just saw my uh, you mean a brown eyed view <laughs> <laughs> and my ass is just hugging this cake i that's anyway, amazing this is one of, that's so one of those moments nice. don't recommend oh, no, i mean like look each to their own i'm sure someone out there would love it but oh, i like cake. i'm gonna try it no, i mean I'll, I'll try anything <laughs> once i saw that what about those women that dip their boobs in cake batter and they reckon that's kind of a thing is it yeah oh, everything's a thing like, like you think kink. of something that'll be a kink somewhere in the world yeah i mean that someone will be into it even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What else can we talk about other than radio? Whoa, I, I want to talk about you being a mum. I oh want you to God. tell me everything. No, everyone's so yeah. over me. No. How many centimetres dilated were you when they uh, were like, all right, we're ready to, <laughs> ready to roll? How many centimetres dilated? I got to the hospital at five. Okay. Centimetres. And, That's um, pretty good. Yeah. 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 I actually, Not bad. My first part of the labour progressed pretty quickly. Yeah. And then what? It was a slog. <sighs> it was a slog. And essentially he got stuck and I had to have a C-section. Oh, it's the same rough. as my sister mm. with her first baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was in mm. posterior position. You have a big head. Um, yep, big head. And he um, and essentially, I had like lower back labour. It was kind of like I had two births, so I oh. fully, I did end up fully dilating. So I got to ten centimetres. But he came out the sunroof. He came out the sunroof. Did they? So did they pull the placenta out the sunroof too? Oh shit! I don't, you, well, yeah, we must have because I've got it in the freezer. To. I've got it in the freezer. Do you? Can I see it? <laughs> I don't know exactly where it is. And BJ oh. Scooty's just going to get it out as a bit of meat some one night and be like, what's this? Cook it up. Would <laughs> no, you but... eat it? Is that your plan? Oh, we were going to bury it under a tree. Oh, yeah, that's I nice. I think that's maybe what we'll do. We might plant a new tree and it can be like Charlie's tree. Yeah, that's a nice vibe. Um, How is Charlie, the oh little God, sea he's, dog he's man? so cute. So cute. He's just, um, I think BJ might be walking him up and down there. I could hear him crying before. He's how on many, daddy daycare. How, how many months is he? He's three months. Is oh, that yeah. it? <laughs> you could see him pushing the pram. Yeah, yeah. Is he's, he only three months? He's little, yeah. But he's Shit, just chunking up like a little butter like, at the moment. Oh, my God. I thought he was older than that. No wonder it's been so hard to get onto you. You're bloody busy. <laughs> She's Jeez. been hectic. She's been all go. But, like, I feel I like coming into this three months, you sort of, your head sort of comes out of the sand a little bit. 
and yeah. they sort of start regulating their sleep a bit more and it's not just one massive blur. Yeah, totally. How many babies do you want? How many kids do you I reckon? Know. I don't know. I I, I would what probably say two. Say? I, I, my gut says two. Two. Um, and would you like another boy or another girl? I'd like an, another I'd girl. Like a, I'd like Just a, a girl. first girl. I'd like a girl. Yeah, I'd, I'd like a yeah. girl, but <clears throat> it'd be cool having two boys. But I've got in my head probably boy and girl, but I'm not like fixated on having two kids. Just a hap- just a happy, healthy kid would be. Yeah, good. exactly. And I was never really like a massive children person. And then I kind of had an age, and I was like, mm, no, there is something really kind of pulling me towards this. And now I'm in it. I'm like, holy fuck, I love it. Really love it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm not there yet. Nah, are you? Is that <laughs> is that on the cards someday? Yeah, I'm someday. I mean, I've got all the problems under the sun. I was um, reading about your endometriosis, which you opened up about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Endo- I mean, Does I've anyone say the full word anymore? It's just endo. <laughs> endo. <laughs> endometriosis. I say the full word quite a lot. Oh, yeah. just you I sound, sound smart. smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got, actually got an appointment next week with uh, a specialist because I need to go back for another operation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what which, is that like a, every couple of years or something that you have to do? It's different for everyone. Right. Um, and the thing is it's <sighs> – it's such a hard thing to navigate because it is so different. But the shittest thing about it is you have to have full-on surgery for them to even know 100% for sure if you have it. You had and to get a catheter in and everything, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I filled up that piss bag. It was oh, my God, same. Bag. I had one with my Caesar as well, yeah. Yeah. yeah was the doctor on. impressed? The doctor came in and was quite impressed <laughs> with how much piss was in there. Were you even drinking or did you just – no, well, the the nurse told me, she goes, now this is really important because I'm not a big water drinker. Yeah, I yeah, need to yeah. get better at it. Yeah. And she was like, you need to drink water or this, this and this can happen. And I was like, shit, all right. And I drank <laughs> as much water, I think, as humanly possible. And the doctor came in and was like, Jesus, we're going to need to change your catheter bag. Um, so what, you've got to do that again soon. And then, yeah. uh, and then what, is that just to keep on top of it? Yeah, well, I've been having um, quite severe pains oh, uh, again for like the past two years, maybe. Um, oh, but I think throw it, Bree. Oh, mate, in the wars, in the bloody oh. wars. I've also done that to my finger. Oh my god, <laughs> your middle finger. Can I ask how you did that? My favourite finger. Um, it's not even an exciting story. I need to come up with a better one. I was um doing a bit of anal play. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey. Hey, I, hey, hey, we don't censor anything on the show, if that's what oh, you're into. Shit, that's going in then. <laughs> oh, that's Literally, going in. it's going in. Nah, I put a towel down on the back seat of my car for my dogs. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that was going to go somewhere else. And I was tucking the towel in to, like, the seat, and I've just yeah. hit the top of my finger. Oh, ow. And it um, essentially, the tendon came off the top of my finger and went, Back into my finger like a bungee cord. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Are you okay? Did, you, did you break it? Uh, unfortunately, it's not broken. If it's broken, you're only in the splint for six weeks. But yeah. because it's not broken, it's eight weeks. But the hand doctor told me that it's the most common injury when people are tucking um, sheets in on the bed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. And people do it quite a lot. Ruby Tui messaged me on Instagram. She goes, Mate, how the hell did you do this? We get this in rugby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, usually something a bit more physical than like putting a towel down for your dog. <laughs> and I was like, mate, you don't know me. I'm pretty sporty. I was, uh... she goes, no, you're not. 
Um, are you? Have you got plans to go home anytime soon? Yeah, I'm going home for Christmas. I'm oh, so excited. Yay. Yeah, it's so exciting. And how much more special is that now after not being able to for so long? Yeah, this will be the first one in three years. First Christmas. Oh, yeah, because last year everything went to shit, yeah. as you would know. Yeah. And then the year before that we were still, you know, in lockdowns yeah. and whatever. So this is the first Christmas, yeah, in three years. So I'm so excited. And is your partner Sophia going with you? Yeah, yep, yep. We're all going. So we'll leave pretty much straight away. So oh we'll God. have, I think, a couple of weeks there and um, and then we'll come back for Maddie McLean's wedding. Oh my god! Real trouble. I just brought, um, I just realised I brought up Sophia, but that's a that you do that on here now, eh? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Because I know that you hadn't fully opened up about your sexuality. Sort yeah, of, my last job they told me not to. Did they? Is that why? Yeah. Well, bullshit. I mean, that's part of the reason why. I'm not going to say that's the whole reason. Yeah. But it's also like terrifying because people oh, yeah. will, you of know, course. judge you based on one thing. You know, yeah. so. Um, it was good when I moved to this country because very supportive and it's kind of like whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say. So that was really, really mm. good. I, I had a question that I was going to ask you actually. Oh, I was going to ask you what's it going to, what are you guys going to do for um, your first Christmas with, with uh, Bubs? We're going down to Christchurch with my oh, family. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just going to have a few days yeah. down there, which would be really nice. Do you have any nieces and nephews? Yep, i got two nieces. I've got oh, Florence cool. and an Amelie. Cute. Like French. How old are they? <clears throat> they are nearly three and nearly two maybe. Cute. Yeah. Right, cute. Yeah. So, yeah. Be, so they're um, little. They'll be good to play with. Yeah, so they'll be good. But my my Christmases consisted of growing up, my dad getting nude, and my dad would always do like <laughs> nude runs. And Are you in a nude – do you grow up in a <laughs> nude family? <laughs> Not like a nude as cult or anything, but dad would get nude. But like a nude family. <laughs> No, like we wouldn't go everywhere nude. We wouldn't do things nude all the time. No, but, but like in the house, was there a lot of nude? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Not like <laughs> not, Interesting. No, like if someone were to walk down the corridor nude, it would be sweet. Yeah, that's a nude family. <laughs> oh, is it? But yeah. then that's nothing compared to what Dad did. Like Dad would – so we'd like be sitting outside for like the long Christmas lunch or whatever and then Dad would be gone and we'd be like, oh, no. Uh-oh. And he does a nudie run. And he's, we just see movement in the bushes. <laughs> and Dad's like completely got rid of all of his clothes. And then he just sprints across <laughs> the grass. And he's just sprinting across the grass. And he'll do a nude run. Amazing. And then like he'd kind of mix it up each year. One year he'd get a mirror and he'd go whoop, whoop. And he'd like hide it. And then like, anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying too much. But yeah, there was a lot what of climbing on roofs. A lot of climbing on roofs and a lot of nudity growing up. So, um, can I ask, when he would do the nudie run, yeah. would he go full, you know, no hands or would he Oh yeah. Would he hold Oh handy. No hands. Oh yeah. arms up in the air. I don't understand when people go for a nudie run and, <laughs> and they do and they, they hold pieces. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what's the point of that? Oh point. There was one the other yeah. day at um at the women's rugby, wasn't there? Um was there? I think so, yeah. I think there was I went a guy. to the final. Shit, oh no, that it wasn't was the final. Oh my god, I wish I was there. Oh, was it just it was the incredible? Best? It was one of the most incredible live sporting things that I've ever like ever been at. I reckon amazing, just like incredible. Even just, if you look at the progress over the last be. couple of years, eh? Oh, it's insane. Just, I never thought I would see it in my lifetime, Paige. Like yeah. I never thought I would. And it was just like you're sitting there in this stadium. It's sold out, and you're like, this is just incredible. 
Yeah, well, people said the um, the atmosphere was better than your stock standard men's. Oh, yeah. No How one cool left is either. Every single person stayed for Really? Was it like a big party? Oh, yeah, absolutely. God, it was good. Um, so, so good. Who were, your, who were your role models when you were growing up? I mean, who were my role models? Miss Piggy. <laughs> nah, jokes. Um, oh, oh, Kathy Freeman. Adored Kathy Freeman. Oh, wow. Cool. She, were you into running? Yeah, I I did a lot of um, athletics. I was a high jump, long jumper. Yeah. Were you? Um, yeah, and I was pretty good, actually. I won quite a lot of state and um, national medals when I was younger. And then I kind I of got too big. <laughs> <laughs> and I became slow. Um, yeah, and so I just, I remember the Sydney 2000 Olympics and watching that on TV and just thinking, God, that is just incredible. Mm. And just being, yeah, just loving, loving Kathy Freeman. Why, who was it for you? Who were your role models? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, my God. So I remember when I um, was being interviewed for broadcasting school and they were like, who do you look oh, up they, to? And they asked you. <laughs> do you know who I said? Did you say um, like someone in radio? Were they asking like someone in radio? Oh, he, he actually was in radio. I don't know if he's in radio anymore. He was in TV for many years. That guy, um, Lee Hart. Lee Hart, so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like, like a Changi baby. Yeah, they were like, who do, you, who, who do you sort of like see yourself? And I was like, that guy. And they're like, really? What about like um, Jackie Brown, who was like a big comedian, awesome You're like, chick back then. I was like, nah. yeah, she's cool, but that guy. <laughs> and they were like, okay, um, right. I love Lee Hart. Yeah, he's awesome. He, oh, Moon TV back in the day. I don't know if you saw the OJ Moon TV. It was no. so funny. You've got to do, oh, give it a YouTube. It was hilarious. I'll give it a YouTube. Yeah, it, was, it was very funny. I um, have seen his um, speed cooking stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Shit, that's funny. Oh, there were some classic skits. But I remember like maybe last year I went to Kim Crossman's house and it was before an All Blacks game and we're all going to like a box at uh, Eden Park and oh, Kim Crossman who's like so extra and organises all these amazing things yeah. for her family and stuff and she'd organised this casino night at her house, a blackjack table and a roulette table. And anyway, was this just because I, it was an All Blacks night? Yeah, and there was like a group, big group of yeah. us going and um, – it's such a Kim Crossman thing to do. I love her so much. She's so um, lovely. But anyway, Lee Hart was there and I just remember like just staring at him and just laughing. Like it was so <laughs> weird to see him in the wild. I was like, look at him go. Like, <laughs> You're like, oh, you're actually time. a real person. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is actually you. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Who is the person that has made you most starstruck throughout your whole career? Oh. Oh, Channing, obviously. Oh, Channing, that was pretty – I mean, if it had been in person, I probably would have fainted. Like, that would have been a bit ridiculous. Only because of the history that's there, I would have been like, oh, I'm going to disappoint. Do you reckon he was flirting with you? Do you reckon he wanted to hook up? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say he's quite one of you. He was giving me quite a lot, wasn't he? I reckon if you guys were both single. (laughs) You know (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> That's the funniest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, I'd give it a go. Wouldn't say no. Oh my god. 
wouldn't say no. Do you reckon just, you just get a whole pass? Had, huh? Would you be given a whole pass? Do you reckon if Jenny? I'd Jenny... ask. I'd definitely <laughs> ask the question. You know, I've left him. I've left him on red. Oh my god, I know. Is he? Yeah. Is, is he still on red? Yeah. Look, I'll show you. <gasps> that is such a power move. I know. Is this so then you can message it. <laughs> get down the track? Yeah. What did he mm-hmm. say? He said, so I said, um, this was after him and I had that video conversation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because in that I said, I'm going to message you. Please message me back so I can leave you on red. <laughs> and I messaged him and I said, uh, mate, you're bloody kidding. So good to meet face-to-face today. Can you please reply to this message so I can then leave you on scene? Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> and he replied, ha, 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 same. So good to have a laugh for real with you. You're amazing. And now you can leave me on scene. Okay, thanks, bye. Oh, my God. It's so good. And it's still there, baby. Could you just click video call? Yeah, I could because he follows me. Why don't you do it? I'm not doing it. No. Do it. No, it's such all that hard work for nothing. And, I mean, he wouldn't answer anyway. And then you and I would be sad. What time is it in LA? He might be out. Okay, what time is it? (laughs) Because, like, what if he's – do you reckon he's out and about? Two twenty. Oh, it's 2 in the afternoon. He's probably got stuff on. Like he's filming a, he's probably filming doing a few things. Magic Mike, Mike XXL. Um, okay, I'm I'd love gonna... to meet him in person, though. Oh my um, God. I think the biggest, um, probably the most starstruck I've been. I'm trying to think. You tell me yours, and I'll think about mine. Oh, Who was it for you? Well, I was just obsessed with Ellie Golding back in the day. Me too. I was obsessed. Like loved her and um, Allison. What an album! Oh, such a good album. And what an album. Did you say Hallison? I always thought it was Halcyon. Halcyon? Hallison. <laughs> it's definitely Halcyon. <laughs> Don't I'm say that when fan. you interview it. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Hey, Ali. Hallison, my favourite <laughs> album. <laughs> I've got a tattoo, Hallison. <laughs> yeah, no, they, um, we did promo with her and I went on tour. Like, I went around the country and... Did but I, you? No, well, we, we kind of probably handed up more than it was. Like, I ended up going into a yoga class with her... And I just, I was just so nervous, Brie. Like, I was just so uncool. You know, when you just wish that you could have played it way cooler. Because, like, I Would you have like- hooked up with her if the opportunity arose? <laughs> I don't think she'd be keen. But, No, yeah. I'm just saying, oh, hypothetically, yeah, one it. night, was- you guys are on this long promo <laughs> tour. You've had a few champagnes. Oh, Brie, and she's absolutely. Like, I was the- obsessed with her. <laughs> I loved her. Oh, and I actually got a message from her, too. Stop it. No, nah, hang on, hang on. Show hang on. me. I think because Jace. Oh, no, she she actually commented on one of my posts because we interviewed her down the track when I was at Kiss in Melbourne. Yeah, right. And, and did then, she remember you? Yeah, I, and then I think we chatted about, I can't remember how I'd like DM'd her or whatever many times because you know how when you get drunk you DM people. I'd done that so many times. Like, hey. No, like, I, don't, I don't do that. That's just a you thing. <laughs> whatever. And then <laughs> she actually commented on one of my posts going, found you and did like a winky face. I know. Stop it. Shania Twain retweeted a tweet that I sent her. Okay, well, are we competing now? Like, Yeah. yeah. No, these are fun stories to share. So Shania Twain is like big for me. Like I'm obsessed Mm. with Shania Twain. So much so that when I was eight, I got my nan to fully custom make the leopard outfit for me for a fancy dress party. Oh, my God. Anyway, we interviewed her and I told her about it and I said, you know, when I was eight, I dressed up as, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. that don't impress me much, Shania Twain. I um, I tweeted it to her and she sent back and she was like, love this and tweeted it. Oh, I was like, my yes. God. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. a lot. 
Mm. Um, okay, I'm going to have to wrap up soon because my baby is going to need me and BJ's going to have to get off daddy daycare. He's stuck on your titties. He's stuck on my titties. Oh, my God. They're so <laughs> saggy. They're so saggy already. They'll bounce back. I don't know if they will. I they will. I don't think back. they will. Like, yeah, I can't like, believe, like, literally in three months, the carnage that's been wreaked on them. What what happens with the nipples? Do you have like a lazy like you know eyes like a do you have a wandering <laughs> nipple now? Like is one looking west that, and one looking? Is that what they do? For some people, oh my god, I don't even notice. Maybe yeah. Like there's definitely I don't know. They've got like a world of mind of their own down there. Isn't it amazing that you're producing yes. food though? Yeah, I know. Like, like just I find that boobs incredible. are amazing. And boob yeah, milk is insane. Like. For real, like if you got up one morning and you're running late and you're like, shit, I forgot to buy milk, you could <laughs> technically. I know. Couldn't you? Yeah, it tastes like sweet almond milk apparently. Yeah. Mm. You could technically milk yourself, put mm. a bit of milk in your tea and on your way. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, you wouldn't. Nah. And also like when he gets like little, I don't know if he's got like a little cut or like anything like that, you just put boob milk on it. It fixes everything. Really? Yeah. It's like the magical serum. God, we're fucking incredible. I know, aren't we? we are amazing. I mean, well, you are, you're doing it, no, but, but I mean, I have the ability. You've got the capability to do it too. To do it too. You're amazing. <laughs> um, before I've I go, where do you see life going in the next few years? I would like to buy a house. Yep. That's something that I would love to do. I'm in my 30s mm-hmm. um, and potentially start looking into starting a family. That's mm-hmm. what I re- would really like to do. Yeah, that'd be my two main goals. Wow. What about for you? You've um, already done those. Um, survive. <laughs> nah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've always wanted to start a retreat. I want to. Oh, that's do a, cool. Do a bit more podcast. Do a, I want to do. I want to do some TV hosting. I definitely want to do a bit of that. That's always yeah, kind of been totally. Was You'd be fantastic. And then, and then life kind of just happened. Um, so I want to do a bit of that. Um, I don't know. I just want to keep expanding my skills. I want to keep learning. I want to keep. Trying more things. But I definitely want to keep in the realm of communication, broadcasting and, you know, in some way. I could never totally give it up. Like, it's like a drug. You're too good at it. <laughs> no. You should never give it up. No. You're too good. But yes, um, we need more people like you doing these type of things. And No. Nah, I don't know. I'm just excited. Just take opportunities. Who knows how it's going to go. But I just, yeah, I'm going to be based Pop here. Pop out another then- baby at some point. Maybe, maybe not yet. If you feel like it. Not yet. <laughs> not yet, yeah. Three months drink. in, I thought, God, I thought he was way older no, than that. Shit, Apologies. No. Yeah, baby. you go. You be, you better go. you got to get the, the bub on the boob. Do we have any parting words? Oh, Parting words. Oh, oh yeah, what's your favourite quote at the moment? Um, Do you have oh, one? Oh, no, yeah. This one I always just, I always think about this. Like just the kind of, I guess the premise of it. I'm probably going to say it wrong, but you can have everything, just not all at once. Oh, I love that one. That's a really – I've never heard that one mm. before. Um, because you can get so overwhelmed about, like, not achieving everything. And it's like, well, hang yeah. on, hang on. No one actually no one actually has it all together at once, I don't reckon. And no. you will. You, you'll be able to do that down the track. But just focus on what you're doing right now and then let that other stuff come because it will come in time. And that's kind of like a good one for what we started this whole chat with, which was trying to be in the moment and yeah. live in the present. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Something to mull um, over. Yeah. Okay. My favourite quote at the moment is, if you're not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your own. Oh, that's good. And that can be anything. Like for you right now, 
you're looking after this little little life That's and good. literally keeping this innocent new little baby boy alive and you're making his life so much better. And you get meaning from helping others, right? You really do. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's deep, Brie. Right, I'm going to get out on that because that's it's powerful. Right, that's mate. punchy. Have a great show you. today. Love you. Let's go live again soon, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I need to be pissed on like margaritas or something. Let's go. I'll come to your house on Christmas and we'll go live and do a nudie run in honour of your dad. <laughs> Done. Well, that was my chat with Brie Thomasell. Absolutely love her. So talented. If you don't follow her already, Brie Thomasell on Instagram. And, uh, of course, be sure to check out her radio show, which is also a podcast, Brie and Clint, which is on ZM, me old home. Hope you enjoyed that chat. Let me know what you got out of it. Uh, send me a DM on Instagram, the PJ Podcast. And don't forget, if you haven't already, um, subscribe to the show, leave a review, let us know what you think um, because it really does make a difference for us podcasters when you um, give a bit of feedback. It means the world. So thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next week for a brand new app. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.